What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Drumroll, Please, Zach and EJ Talk Sports. And it has been a minute since we've been here. We have a lot of things to get through. Um, but before we start, I have to officially announce that I do have an arch nemesis. I cannot give his real name out, but his fantasy football team is Spam, 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 and Spam who has listened to this podcast and told me it is, in quotes, an hour of EJ whining. Which, <laughs> yeah. as much as I want to disprove that, actually is true because I can come on here today and talk about what? My fantasy football team and how I scored the lowest amount of points ever. I could talk about the Mets and how they're doing their absolute best to blow the lead that they built, especially after getting through the toughest part of their schedule, and now they're in the easy part, and they do nothing but lose. But I'm making a point today to not give in to my arch nemesis and whine the whole time and we are going to remain positive so we have a lot of fun things to talk about today predominantly it is all things nfl my absolute favorite time of the year right now going into the fall first couple weeks of the football season with all that new energy playoff baseball weather changing all sorts of good stuff so we have a lot of things to get through um, we're going to start first by talking about our impressions of week one and maybe playing a new segment where we throw out a couple names and talk about whether these players are a hit or are they hype. So, my man, welcome back. Last time I saw you, we were sweating out in the sun at yeah. the pool with rock bands cranking away behind us and talking into a water bottle with a <laughs> microphone on it. So we are back in our studio today with our producer who is here and has proper technology for us to properly put on a great podcast as she's given us a side eye from behind the camera. But why don't you take it away, my friend? Great to see you again. And tell me, what are your thoughts on week one? Uh, one main thing I noticed about week one is, as a Patriots fan, it's going to be a long season. We we, we got embarrassed by the Dolphins. Uh, uh, you did. Tua, Tua outplayed Mac Jones. <laughs> then oh. Mac Jones got hurt. We had Our defense was bad. Our offense was worse. Uh, <laughs> and the Dolphins did look good, but I think... It might be a long season. I don't know if there's many teams we're going to beat. So it might be a, a Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud season next year. We'll, we'll see. But uh, also, uh, I noticed the Bills-Rams game was a lot. Even though it was a blowout game, the quality of play between those teams, was. I noticed it to be a lot better than the rest of the week. Because watching the, the Sunday games, there was a lot of missed kicks, a lot of penalties. And the, the Rams-Bills game was very clean. Uh, there was a few turnovers. But... Uh, it was a, it was an exciting game. Uh, the Bills looked great. The Rams not so much, especially Jalen Ramsey who looked terrible. Yeah, uh, and Stafford getting sacked six times. Yeah. That was something. I mean, you definitely could you definitely get the sense, and I think that you know for for most of us, with the way the Bills finished their season last year in that incredible game, but unfortunately a loss to the Chiefs, and having to just you know sit on that all off season to come out, and you know I think. I can't remember the last time that a team had that much hype around them and came out and definitively beat down a team coming into the season with the quality of talent and reputation and being defending Super Bowl champions like, like the Rams were. So that was just a definitive flag-planting moment of we are here and we're going to you know back up the, the talk and the hype around us with, with our play on the field. So the Bills are good. What do you think about, you know, some teams like the Seahawks and the Browns who, you know, who kind of caught me off guard? I didn't didn't expect to see what I saw from them. Uh, I thought the Jags played, you know, competitive. Mm -hmm. um, 
I was very shocked by the Texans. Yeah. Although Lovey Smith kills me because I'm a you know Damian Pierce guy, and I just I just can't listen to Lovey Smith talk about anything that he has to say regardless of football strategy. That guy is on on my short list of people right now that I'm I'm not a huge fan of. But what yeah. are your uh, takeaways on some of those teams? Uh, well, the Seahawks. It was a super exciting game. I go I went in thinking that they were gonna get killed, and I was hoping Corliss Dunn would have a big game. He didn't really. He had a fine game. Uh, Geno Smith looked really good, and he pretty much outplayed Russell Wilson. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to keep it up this season. I think they can have a solid season because they have good weapons. Geno Smith's okay, but especially with Jamal Adams now out for the season, I don't know if I believe in that defense. That Broncos offense should have scored a lot more points than they did. That, uh, that thing at the end of the game where they drained the clock, then took the time out, then tried to kick like the 60-something yarder. Right. Made no sense. Uh, then you look at a team like the Jaguars. I was impressed by the Jaguars' running game. I wasn't as impressed with uh, Trevor Lawrence because at times he made some great throws. There's still a good uh, good deal of throws where you're like, that was just a really bad throw. As a number one pick, year two, you really want to start going and uh, getting towards your prime. Yeah, I mean, in the NFL nowadays, it's really a, it's a four-year window on a quarterback. But I know that we're going to get into a segment that, you know, spoiler alert, may or may not have Geno Smith in it. But, but one interesting thing about Geno Smith, and maybe not even speaking specifically to him at this moment, we'll save those comments for that segment. But I think we as, as fans and, and maybe even, you know, some NFL brass or possibly even coaches don't know because we have not yet had any of them on our show. Um, we treat quarterbacks like shiny new toys. So you get a guy like Geno Smith who you know, started with the Jets, had some problems there, teammate punched him in the mouth, had his jaw wired shut, left there, went to the Giants. His big claim of fame in the Giants was he's going to be the guy that Eli Manning lost his start streak to when McAdoo started him, and then you know started to bounce around. But at the end of the day, this guy is a competitive athlete You know, that came out highly touted. You know, um, We often give up on guys, mm-hmm. and we're ready to move on to the next round of people coming. And to me, the one thing that I noticed about Geno Smith, and, and you see it sometimes with even some of these other NFL quarterbacks, when they get their second or third shot is, is their level of motivation, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they have that talent. You know, all these guys have to have a certain base level of talent to make it to this point. And then really after that, it probably becomes a matter of how bad they want it. Were they handed it? You know, mm-hmm. are they put in a situation to succeed? Meaning, you know, were they drafted into an offense that, that suits their skills? Or were they drafted into an offense that isn't something that they were this set up to, to thrive in. I mean, you take a guy that makes a living, you know, making plays with his legs and you try to put mm-hmm. him into a straight drop back passing offense, you know, or vice versa. You have an offense last year in Pittsburgh where they wanted to move the quarterback around. You have a guy like Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> back there with a refrigerator on his back looking like he's throwing milk jugs instead, <laughs> you know, instead of a football. You're going to, you know, you, you put people in positions where it, it is difficult for them to succeed. Mm-hmm. And um, I think people... Pete Carroll's a great coach. He's always been a coach that seems to kind of try to play to and scheme to his players' strengths. Um, and it sounded like that was probably the reason that Russell Wilson, you know, and and the Seahawks had that divorce was Russell Wilson had a specific, you know, vision of, of what he wanted that offense to be. And mm-hmm. he wanted to run through him. And um, it seemed that, you know, Seattle, especially the Super Bowl winning team, Seattle took offense to that being Russell Wilson's team because, you know, could we really look at any of those seasons, successful Seattle seasons, and say that it was done on Russell Wilson's back? No. You know, so we get these. Uh, I, I, you know, I know we're kind of 
pivoting through, but it's it's an interesting you know existence and and lifespan as an NFL quarterback. You know nowadays it's it's four years, got to prove it on your rookie deal, or you're not going to get that big contract as we're seeing Baker and you know Sam Darnold and guys like that. You know. Um, jump around. I mean, actually, what three of the, those first four quarterbacks or five quarterbacks are now, you know, have jumped around. You have um, jo- uh, Josh, I'm spacing on his name, Rosen. Josh Rosen, um, Baker, and Darnold. You know, Josh Allen and Lamar are the are the two left of the big five that mm-hmm. you know ha- are are moving on to those second contracts. Uh, well, well, Lamar Lamar's, doesn't have his yet, right? But. But he's going to get paid, and he's showing that he's he's here to stay. Um, but who else in the uh, week one kind of jumped out at you as as some teams to to maybe keep an eye on, or or surprised you? Were you surprised surprised I was with the Texans against the Colts? Were you more surprised about the Texans or the Colts in that yeah. <laughs> in that performance? Uh, I was probably more surprised by the Texans because they looked like a without really any weapons offensively, any like top tier weapons in. They looked like a functioning NFL team, which worked. And then the Colts, uh, I don't know about the Colts, man. They don't look like uh, a team that can really make a deep push into the playoffs. Uh, and then one team that really shocked me was the Lions. The Lions, while losing, put up a very solid, respectable game. And uh, their run game was great between Swift and Jamal Williams. Uh they had someone other than Jared Goff that might have won that game. Their receivers look good. Their defense looks solid. Uh, I don't know how many games they'll win, but I think it'll be a lot like last season where they're not really – they might have a really bad record, but they're not going to be getting blown out every game. They're going to play a lot of competitive close games. I I actually am starting to see, I think, because, again, we have not had a conversation with anybody from the Lions brass, but I feel like I am I'm starting to see what the Lions do see in Jared Goff, which is – if you can keep the man clean and upright and under and and you know keep the pressure off him he is he's a very very good quarterback and mm-hmm. he's very accurate he for the most part makes good decisions but you know every quarterback is is you know prone to to a couple you know throws I mean, we saw Mahomes make a handful you mm-hmm. know that they wish they'd like to have back but you know Goff under duress um, you know is is a completely different quarterback but um, I could see how they feel that with him there and, you know, playing fundamentally right like they try to do, and especially if you watch on Hard Knocks, what they preach, um, he can be their guy. Long term, who knows, but I do feel that, you know, he can give them a real shot this year to to keep moving that franchise forward. I'm not yeah. as down on Jared Goff. I'm down on Lovey Smith. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. I mean, any guy that comes out and is asked, why'd you punt in overtime? And it's like, well, because we didn't want to lose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, come on! Like, how does the that? The tie doesn't do much better for your record. Yeah, but but right. if you, I mean, what does that tell? What is what message does that send your team? And then I'm a Damian Pierce guy. I'm the guy that drafted him. <laughs> you know, he comes out and says, "Well, we would have liked to use him more than we actually did." It's just, you know, I'm not a quarterbacks. You know, sometimes I feel like maybe they can get things you know right the second or third time around. Head coaches, I'm not sure because they're the guys that quote unquote set the tone. Mm-hmm. You know, and we heard that spiel from a guy like McCarthy. Who was like I'm? I was out of the game, and I just spent all this time, you know, uh, you know, working through understanding the new NFL with with some guys that I trusted, and now I'm coming back and I'm ready to. And he's the same old Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not as I'm not as high on on retread coaches as I am maybe quarterbacks, you know, finding a, a better landing spot than 
than they than where they were. Um, how about the how about the Browns? What are your what are your thoughts on Browns? Because that was that was yeah. one that you know had an eyebrow going up for me there. What I saw with the Browns was a lot better than I thought I would see, uh, and because I thought coming in that offense would just be terrible, like terrible offense. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was not that bad, and Chubb and Hunt really carried that offense, and they played a really good game. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep it up throughout the season because, but we we'll, we will see. They played the Jets this week, which a chance to get a little momentum. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the Browns, uh, you know, Dolphin fan, we had Jacoby Brissett last year. Um, and, you know, again, like, I don't think I was as down on him as my Dolphin fan buddies are. And if they're listening, I know they're rolling their eyes right now. Um, I think he's another guy that if he's not asked to do too much and he's not asked to put the, the team on his back, mm. that he can be, you know, a veteran that, is, as Belichick showed that year that, um, you know, Brady went down, Garoppolo went down, and then, you know, Brissett had to come in and, and play some games that – you know, if he's if he's part of a scheme, and he's you know understands his role and he's not asked to do too much, that that he can get them through, um, and at least be competitive until Watson comes back. But I think less Jacoby Brissett. And I know for me, even from a fantasy perspective, you know, I, I let Chubb's value plummet because yeah. I was like, oh well, Jacoby Brissett is going to drag that whole team down. But they got a, they got a great defense. Mm-hmm. They have two solid running backs. They have they have a respectable receiving core now with Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they have more weapons. They have more weapons in Cleveland for Brissett than Brissett had last year with the Dolphins, for sure. Yeah. And once Deshaun comes back, that team could be scary. Yeah. Maybe not this year cuz it depends what type of hole they're in week 12. Right. But uh next year they definitely if Deshaun is still the Deshaun that everyone remembers, yeah. then we'll see. If he ter- comes out like Le'Veon Bell did with the Jets, then <laughs> right they, they lost a lot of money. Let's um let's finish up our, our recap with your thoughts on the Bengals because that was Bengals and Steelers. Like I didn't see that coming. I really thought that the Bengals kind of let the Steelers know last year, you know, we are the new top of this division and it's going to run through us. And and out comes Pittsburgh and you know gets a couple turnovers, keeps the game close, and you know. Are we talking about this different if the Bengals don't lose their their snapper, their long mm-hmm. snapper? But yet that's football, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's football. And they had their chances. They had two opportunities to make kicks. Um, their coaching staff could have challenged that Jamar Chase touchdown that they didn't. That was that, that might have been one of the greatest catches of all time. Right, it was crazy. And then it really made me appreciate the long snappers though. Yeah. Because wow, obviously people do go down. They still could have made the kicks. Yeah. He was terrible. Yeah, it was the rough. backup who came in. Uh, there was one of those kicks which it was a bad snap. McPherson could have made it. Mm-hmm. He didn't. That blocked uh, extra point. O- overall, right. it was it was a crazy game. The Bengals probably are hoping Joe Burrow does a lot better the rest of the season because it was a rough game for him, very turnover prone. And the Steelers probably are happy about the win, but not too happy. T.J. Watts can be out for at least a significant amount of time. Yeah, they're saying um, they're saying right now six weeks, so he's not going to have surgery. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be six weeks, but, you know, who knows? I mean, right now we're not, you know, when you're a, a Watt on the defensive side of the ball, you seem to spend a lot of time in street clothes. So, as we saw, you know, J.J. standing on the sideline again as Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs just went up and down the field on, on the Cardinals. So, before we get to our picks, let's play a, a new segment here called Hit or Hype. And we're going to go off overreaction week one. And I'm going to throw a couple players at you. 
and we're going to talk about whether you feel that they are going to continue this trend for the remainder of the season that if week one was indeed a precursor to what we should expect from this player or if we are dramatically overhyping this player for the rest of the season and we are going to start in our local market with none other than mr saquon barkley uh i'm gonna go with hit because when you look at saquon he obviously had that amazing rookie year and since then, he'd been plagued with injuries. He came back last year, but he wasn't 100% himself. That offensive line wasn't great. He's now running under an improved offensive line, uh, offense which seems still not great, but seems to have a bit more firepower in it. And uh, he looked as explosive as ever. And I think it might not be a great season for the Giants, but I think Saquon Barkley is going to continue to do all he can to put the team on his back. Okay, I am going to go with hype. Mm. I feel that his, you know, average yards per rush over the last few years has been has been declining. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not know how good the um, Titans are. They did not look good to me. Fair. So it's it's hard for me to feel like if he was, you know, running against the AFC leading Titans last year and was doing this, I think I'd have a I'd have a different take. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, I, I have no doubt that we will see um, moments uh, of flash from Saquon where he, you know, will break a long run. Maybe even each game we might see, a, you know, him, him rattle off a 25 or 30 yard run. But I think overall his production um, on a week in and week out basis will not be um, what we saw from him week one. And then as always with him, you know, you have the, the potential, the injury bug you know, floating around there as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say hype that if if you were buying Saquon Barkley right now, you were buying high. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to Atlanta and talk about Cordello Patterson. Uh that was a tough one. Obviously he had a great year last year. <clears throat> Man, I'm losing my voice. But uh he had a great year. He looked really good in that game. I'm gonna go with hype though, because obviously before last year he wasn't that star type of player he's more of a a swiss army knife do it all but don't don't do any of it too great i think he's still a very solid player if he was on a contending team he could help them win i don't know if he's gonna be a top tier running back or whatever you want to call him i'm gonna go hype all right i am gonna go with hit and <laughs> the reason I'm going to say hit one, because if you watched our last show, you realize that he was one of my guys to target in the draft, but um, I didn't get him. And therefore, you know, another reason why my team didn't, <laughs> didn't even get the 60 points. <laughs> um, but speaking of, of Patterson, I feel like Atlanta obviously knows something we don't. Algier was actually a healthy scratch in that game. So we know that um, with Mariota um, racking up 70 yards with his legs and the way they're using Patterson, and I think that that combination is going to be a huge part of the way that the Atlanta offense runs, meaning, um, you know, putting Patterson in different looks, utilizing him in different ways, which again, if, if, you know, we see the trends, you know, the NFL is kind of a monkey see, monkey do kind of league. We see every team trying to go out and get their Swiss Army knife, get their mm-hmm. depot, right? That's exactly, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to go to a buddy's house this weekend who has the season ticket package and watch um, the Dolphins full game. 
And that's exactly how the Dolphins are using Hill. Um, mm-hmm. We're seeing every team try to go out and, and get that guy that they can kind of move around and utilize in, in different ways. Uh, you know, I, I feel that Curtis Samuel is going to yeah. be that guy now in, you know, for the commanders. Uh, Patterson didn't necessarily light the world on fire, but I feel the level of production touches and role in the offense that we see, we saw from Patterson in week one, I think is going to, is going to continue. The only thing I see cutting into that is if Algier begins to progress as a runner and starts to cut into that. I do think that, you know, long-term Atlanta has, you know, higher hopes for Algier, you know, um, anchoring that backfield than, than Patterson. But I think for now, they're going to do what they need to to try and stay competitive in these games. Mm. Let's go down to Jacksonville and let's talk about, I think this one shocked everybody, was the usage of James Robinson in that game over as opposed to Travis Etienne. It's interesting because he's still, best case scenario, he's splitting carries with Etienne. But I'm going to actually go with Hit. Because going into last year, I I really believed in James Robinson. Obviously, the Jaguars were a mess last year with Urban Meyer, and he was fumbling all the time. But in that game, he 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 showed that explosiveness that he has. He's a very good player. I don't know if he'll be. He's not going to be a top ten running back in the league. But I think he'll continue to play very good, and he'll be in the argument with ETN for who's the better uh, running back. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with hit two on Robinson. Um, I like him. And I think for him, it's just a matter of whether or not he can stay healthy. I think him actually being in a two-back offense will probably help him, mm-hmm. um, where he's not going to be asked to just be the guy all the time. Um, and, you know, we may not have been talking about this as much if, you know, ETN, ETN in that game dropped a clear touchdown pass. So if ETN gets on the board as well, and then he had another, um, you know, uh, drop, where, you know, which became one of those uh, NFL highlights where he just got the ball, he's got slammed mm-hmm. the moment he caught the ball and the ball came, you know, came loose. But um, I, I think that for Robinson, what we saw from him, I think will be uh, the utilization that Jacksonville will continue to do. I think they like the idea of a two-back set and having two quality backs and finding unique ways to use them. So I'm hit with, with Robinson as well as long as he stays healthy. Now we'll move to another Swiss Army knife, Taysom Hill. I'm going to go with Hype. Not really that hard of a decision here. Uh, I, I still don't know why they paid him so much money. He's a backup quarterback, a backup tight end, and he looked good on the ground, but he's not a running back. He's, he, he really is a lot like Patterson, but a lot worse. He does a lot of things. He doesn't do any of them particularly well. Uh, he had a really good game. Uh, but if Alvin Kamara was fully healthy in that game, he had a rib issue. Alvin Kamara, who was also on my fantasy team, so I was sad. He's a, he's going to be a workhorse. He's going to be a, a large chunk of that offense. I don't think they're going to continue to give consistent carries to Taysom Hill, right. and I don't think he's going to produce on the carries he get. I'm with you, I, but I've never been, and, and full disclosure, I've never been a Taysom Hill guy. Mm-hmm. Can't throw the football. <laughs> you know, like he, he, he can't throw the football. So there's certain players in the NFL and it's, it's these moments where I wish I was like a fly in the defensive room to just hear the reasoning behind the way certain coaches or defenses choose to scheme against players. And for example, Cooper Cup last week against the Bills, everybody in the stadium knew. Matthew Stafford, like I, I, what I don't understand is how he isn't taken out of the offense. Meaning, 
Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to let Cooper Cup beat you because... Put three dudes on him. Right. I, I am an average Joe music man and know that the second Matthew Stafford needs to make a play, he is throwing the ball to Cooper mm-hmm. Cup. The ball is going to Cooper Cup. And against the Bills, Cooper Cup was the entire offense. But he was open every play. Which is what, again, makes me scratch my head. And the same thing with Taysom Hill. When Taysom Hill is in the game, I just... I always baffled to understand how he is um you know generating the offense with his legs that he generates because it is his legs he can't do much in the air at all which because if he could he would have been the starting quarterback Mm -hmm. you know and he's not and that's you know that that speaks speaks volumes to me so i am triple hype with with Taysom hill um, but yet, you know what? He could possibly he could be a hit if you know if people just don't figure out how to stop this guy yeah. when when they bring him in. But I I, I don't see it. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't you know he doesn't do it for me. Let's move to the Pacific Northwest and our teaser from earlier on: Geno Smith hit or hype? No, I'm I really want to say hype, but I'm not going to say hype. I'm gonna go hit Geno Smith. He, uh, he went into the game, obviously, as we were saying, being bounced around the league many spots, pretty much given up on. Everyone was like, why is Drew Locke not starting? Which you know people think you're bad when they say Drew Locke should start over you. And uh, <laughs> right. he came out, and he didn't play a great game. He didn't put up Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes numbers, but he did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. He produced in the offense, and he got the win. And he, as you said, he really wants it. You can tell he wants a starting job. He wants to win games. He's not going to be tanking or helping them lose games. He wants to win. I think he's going to have a really good season. I'm with you. Um, I'm going to say hit, but with an asterisk because it's not like Geno Smith set the world on fire. Mm-hmm. You know, if Geno Smith went out and threw for 440, you know, three touchdowns, no picks, we might have to say that's a little bit of a hype. We don't see him doing that. But he went out and he did his he did his job. Mm-hmm. You know, Seattle ran a balanced offense. Rashad Penny had sixty some odd yards. Although I got Kenneth Walker, fantasy, he's coming so. back, coming back. So we got to hope that Kenneth Walker chews into that a little bit. Get a little two headed monster going. But you know what? Um, I agree. Geno Smith looked excited. He looked motivated multiple times throughout the game. The announcers were talking about with their pregame interviews with Geno how he was really making it clear that he did not want that opportunity to, you know, to, to, he didn't want to squander this opportunity. And, tr- and the other thing about it is, basically, you know, the, the job was initially handed to Locke. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was thought to believe that it was Locke's job to lose. Gino won the job. Exactly. So you have a guy that's, that's motivated on a team that's motivated and feels disrespected by, you know, Russell Wilson. Um, and I, I and, and where he came in production-wise... I'm going to say hit. I think that that's a very, very reasonable level of production to expect week in and week out from Geno Smith. So, you know, we'll see. But let's move now to the Midwest and Justin Fields. Uh, That was a tough game for me. Trey Lance is my quarterback in every single fantasy football league. And uh, he obviously didn't play a great game. That's not who we're talking about. It was pouring rain. Justin Fields obviously also didn't, like, set the world on fire but he came out with the win he showed the promise that he showed last year he showed why i think he was should have been the top overall quarterback selected in that draft he fell so far past zach wilson and uh even trey lance and i think he's really good i'm gonna go hit obviously the offense around him is not great but he's got two good running backs in the system 
uh, a few okay, solid receivers. Uh, Cole Komet's not bad. Uh, I don't think he'll be an MVP candidate, but I think he's going to continue to improve and improve until where next year we can probably compare him to some really, really good quarterbacks. Yeah, it'd be. I think it'd be a lot easier for us to make this determination if we were talking about this at the end of this upcoming week when he's playing Green Bay in prime time, mm-hmm. hopefully in, in weather that's you know conducive for you know throwing and running the football. Um, I just pulled up his stats for game one as we were as we were talking against the Niners. And he had a 47.1 completion percentage, 121 yards in the air, two touchdowns, one pick with an 85.7 passer rating. In that weather, that's not bad. It's not bad. Um, we know he's going to make he's going to make plays with his with his feet, mm-hmm. and we know he's he's gritty, mm-hmm. um, and that he's gonna you know he's gonna gut out his performances. I think the question is going to become, can he with his arm get the ball to the playmakers and you know and really be a facilitator in that offense, you know, to, to utilize some of the weapons that they have, the guys they brought in. Cole Komet, um, I don't even think he registered a, a reception yeah. in that game. Um, I am going to say right now that he's hype. And the reason I'm saying that is more of a reaction to what the week one reaction was. And I just don't think that we're going to, we're there yet with him where, you know, week in and week out, he's going to be a very reliable quarterback. Um, I think he's going to have, we're going to see a lot of that, you know, carryover rookie year ups and downs still with him, mm-hmm. where I don't think he's going to be a solid plug-and-play guy from a fantasy perspective um, or that he's going to, you know, give us a consistent, you know, uh, two touchdown, one pick, you know. If you were in a better system, would you have said hit, though? Um, I like the system that they're 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 putting him in now. Um, he it's 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 tough because you know with with guys like Fields and even Tua, these guys that come out of these huge schools that you know maybe once or twice a year they're playing in an, a highly highly competitive game. They're not asked to make the throws that you have to make in the NFL, the mm-hmm. windows. I mean, if you are Tua, for example, and I don't mean to divert from Fields, but I mean, we can look at Fields and the receivers that he had at Ohio State, and you know, you got Calvin Ridley, you got Waddle, you got Smith, mm-hmm. you have guys in, you know, you have Jacobs and a whole litany of running Tua. backs, right, in the, in the backfield of Alabama. You know, half the time when you see the man's highlight reel, he's either throwing a quick, you know, uh, slant pass to a to a wide open you know receiver slash across, or he's throwing the ball down the field and there's not even a defender in sight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with Fields, you know, it's 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 a similar thing for me. Where at Ohio State, you know, um, a lot of the teams in the Big Ten are weren't aren't that competitive, and you know they were able to with a very strong running game and stuff, not have him need to sit back and you know throw the ball into these windows. They always talk about quarterbacks having, you know, an NFL-ready arm. They can make, you hear them say all the time, they can make all the throws they need to make in the NFL. But what gets left out, and I guess what you don't know until you get into, you know, real game action is, can they make those throws under pressure in those windows that they need to make them in? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can put the ball 60 yards or or 65 yards down the field, but can you drop it into the receiver's, you know, arms over an outstretched defender? That's why a lot of times when you look at the best NFL quarterbacks, they're great talents who went to 
not the best schools like Texas Tech, right. Wyoming, yeah, Louisville, and maybe that's another reason. You look at Kyler Murray. He's supposed to be one of those guys, but he went to Oklahoma. He had great weapons, and yeah. right now he, he hasn't done enough where you can say he's the number one pick of the NFL. Right. And we'll see. I don't know how we got talking about Kyler Murray again. but we, You and I like to ping pong around, but and that's that's be another interesting thing because college football has now agreed in a couple of years to go to the expanded playoffs. So that'll be nice because we'll now see some of these quarterbacks and some of these teams at least have to play and run a gauntlet of – you know the more competitive teams because I think it's it's safe to say and this isn't a hot take that there's a greater disparage in talent in college football than there is in pro football from team to team yeah you know in the NFL you know everybody that's out there is top top elite level college talent mm -hmm. you know but in college you get some guys out there that aren't going to go pro and yeah. know they're not going to go pro most of them yeah and then you start talking about you know the depth chart and injuries in college and everything else and people transferring and certain programs loading up. So, you know, it, it's it's difficult because I understand the position that a lot of these NFL teams are in with evaluating, you know, quarterbacks. Um, I think Fields is a guy that's that's going to stay. So if we're talking about long term, I'd say he's a hit. But I don't think this is his coronation like it was, say, Joe Burrow after a couple of weeks yeah. where you knew that this guy was going to give you consistent play as a rookie or as a second year guy. Um, you know, right at right, you know, acro across the board. He's gonna have his game here or there. Everybody does, but you know, a guy that's just he's the guy. He's in, and our offense is gonna begin to run through him. Those guys are also, um, you know, rare birds and and very very tough to to find. But let's actually move on to our last guy in this segment of hit or hype. My man, Tua, hit mm -hmm. or hype? I personally. Don't think two is as bad as you and a lot of other people make him out to be, but I'm definitely gonna go with hype. If you watch that game, he didn't have a great game. I think it gets a better defense. He might have thrown a few picks, a few more. Uh, there was one play where Tyreek Hill just went up and grabbed one. He had to intercept Tua's interception, and uh, I just what I've noticed is he doesn't really have the arm strength, obviously, mm -hmm. to be a top level quarterback. And even his accuracy in the short and midfield isn't great enough to make up for that terrible arm strength. Right. And uh, he has the weapons, so I'm not saying the Dolphins are going to be bad, but I don't think he is their quarterback. He's not their guy. Here is my little soapbox moment here. I encourage everybody to watch the games. And I am victim to this as well and trying to rectify that by actually getting the NFL season tickets now I can watch all the games as they're happening but I currently do not have that luxury sometimes I'm, I'm recording or doing musical things and you know don't have the opportunity to sit down and 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 park myself and watch football um, but you and I can sit down and we can break down the Giants and the Jets our local market teams who are mm -hmm. always on TV that we see play in and out and, you know, I noticed this with Kadarius Tony, where a lot of people that I know that play fantasy football that I talk to that are friends that aren't in this market anymore had a completely different take on Kadarius Tony yeah. than uh, people like us who see him every week mm -hmm. and know you really can't depend on the guy mm -hmm. right now. Like, he's, he's injury prone. We, he, he doesn't seem to have a big role in the offense. And, you know, but people that don't see the games that look at stat sheets or see a highlight reel have a different perspective. And I watched... Every single play 
of that Dolphins game last week. And any Dolphins fan or anybody that's watching that watched that game like I did, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Tua did the best he could in that fourth quarter to blow the game for the Dolphins. <laughs> he threw um, what you mentioned, a clear pick that, that Hill saved him on. And then again, in the end, when the Dolphins came out, after the game should have been locked and they should have been in run-the-clock-out mode with this new offense, you know, super run-genius McDaniels that's <laughs> supposed to, you know, take his freedom, first thing we do is we come out, we throw, Tua gets a little pressure, and he was basically would have hit McCourty right in the chest. But yet a second Patriots D-back comes diving for no reason and basically bats the ball out of McCourty. It was, it was a Patriot defending the ball from another Patriot. That would have been a pick. Tua took two terrible sacks in that game. That knocked that that put the Dolphins out of what would have been field goal range, and then again, which you have to love, and you can go back and you can watch what Good Morning Football said the Sunday after when he did the Dolphins highlights. What the Dolphins highlights were, they said Tua with the game on the line hits Jalen Waddle. First of all, it was this play right before that that was the bigger play, and Tyreek Hill bailed him out mm-hmm. where he saved the interception. So Tua should have been picked right there, but he wasn't. The next is it was before the half. We already had a lead, and we were set to receive the ball. Yeah. So there was no game on the line at that Not moment. Not exactly super clutch. No, the Dolphins, but they made it seem that way. And then in the end, when you show Tua's stat line, and you, you see what it is, you say, wow, Tua had a great game, threw for 275, yada, yada, yada. There was one point where he three-hopped a receiver 15 yards away from him. An NFL quarterback bounced the ball that took three hops before it reached it reached the receiver. I am absolutely not a Tua guy. Watching that game with, um, you know, start to finish with my own eyes, he absolutely did not pass the eye test. He is abysmal under pressure. Mm-hmm. And he is clearly a scheme quarterback. And the other thing that's interesting for all you Patriots fans out there that, that watched that game is the Patriots took the opening kickoff and went right down the field on the Dolphins. And being a Dolphin fan, I'm going to tell you that they should have scored. That was clearly on Howard pass interference on Parker in the end zone. And the Dolphins the Dolphins got one because that, that absolutely was pass interference. I think the game would have been different. Uh, I would have liked to have seen what would happen if Tua had to play from behind. And the Patriots a couple times blew some opportunities with some play calling yeah. that has you scratching your head. I mean, they had the most generic. It was like they were running a high school that, offense That's out there. what happens when you have two defensive coordinators calling your plays. Right. So it was it was something it was something there. I felt for Mac Jones. I thought he played a good game. I thought he was gritty, um, but you just have to sit there and scratch your head as to why Myers was not, you know, more involved in that offense because yeah. every time he got the ball, he looked fantastic. He was our top receiver the yeah. last two years. Yeah, he never finds the end zone though. He has like yeah. two career touchdowns. Yeah. but and Stevenson looked great. Harris mm-hmm. Harris looked like Harris, but Stevenson was electric when he got the ball. The problem was their offense was so generic and predictable. You know, we were sitting there watching the game and we were predicting everything that was happening and we were right. And I shouldn't be right. Like I shouldn't be right as much as I am because football is is, is not my living. Um, okay. So with that said, what do you say we close out this week's podcast with our week two predictions? Sounds good. We're gonna leave obviously last night's game um, on the table. It's good and... I want to pick the Chargers. Yeah. So. <laughs> they covered. Um, and we will start. I'll read them out. I'll give you the line as well. But we're going to talk about outright wins because mm-hmm. neither one of us yeah. are gambling. So yeah. we'll, we'll just talk about who's going to win the game. Um, we have the Jets at the Browns, and we have the Browns giving six and a half. 
It's interesting. Neither team I'm a huge fan of. Joe Flacco is probably still going to be the starter for the Jets. For that reason, I'll take the Browns. They got two great running backs. Solid off of Jacoby Brissett. Zach Wilson was playing. Not a huge Zach Wilson guy, but obviously we can't judge after one year. Uh, I might have picked the Jets, but just the Browns without Zach Wilson. Their defense is too talented, where I think their offense will at least score enough to outscore the Jets. I am I'm the Jets kill me because as a Dolphins fan, I instinctively want to ha- always hate against Jets. But I find myself also compelled by the Jets because I do like Robert Sala. Um, and you really want to see after after the comments he made about taking receipts on yeah. all the haters. Um, you want to see them come out and play well. Um, my brother's a Browns fan. I always have a soft spot for the Browns as well. So this is kind of a tough game because I really don't want to see either team lose. Um, but I, I, I feel that in Cleveland, with the weapons the Browns have right now and the their defense, and like you mentioned, Joe Flacco at quarterback, I think the Browns are going to come away with the, with the victory there. Um, next, we move to the Commanders uh, at the Lions. And the Lions are giving only a point and a half. I'm going to do the same thing I did every game last year. I'm taking the Lions. <laughs> I like this Lions team. You were uh, praising Jared Goff earlier. Jared Goff is not good. He's He once was a solid quarterback in a great system. Now he's a below average quarterback in a uh, not so great system. But... uh. <laughs> I, I believe in their two running backs, Amon Ross and Brown, all their receivers, good receivers. Their defense didn't look bad at all. I'm going to take them to cover the commanders who looked kind of just, they looked good, but or I'd rather have Jared Goff than Carson Wentz, probably. And uh, uh, their receivers actually looked very solid, but I think the Lions will be able to stop them. I think this Lions offense is actually going to be decently high scoring with the dual-headed monster of uh, Williams and especially Swift. We have the Lions looking good against the Eagles, playing competitive, playing with heart. We have the Commanders looking good against the Jags. Mm-hmm. We have Goff on one side, and we have Wentz on the other. It's a quarterback duel. <laughs> I am not a Wentz guy. I do like Ron Rivera, um, mm-hmm. and I, I like his story, but I also like the energy he brings to the team. It's, it's tough to... You know, come off that week one when everybody's saying the commander's offense is loaded. They're going to be this crazy explosive offense. I'm with you, um, but I think I'm with you because I, I want to root for the Lions. I want to find myself mm-hmm. rooting for the Lions. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Lions um, in this one as well. Although, if I was if I was betting money, there's a part of me that would hesitate and, and want to put it on the Commanders. But maybe just don't bet the game if no. you're betting. Money. I'm going. I'm picking the Lions. Um, it shows you too when you know. A home a home team is only giving a point and a half. That really, you know, they're they're favoring the road team in that in that situation. But um, I uh, I'm picking the Lions. We have the Bucks traveling to the Saints. The Bucks are giving two and a half. I'm so a road take, favorite. Hmm, it's interesting. The Bucks looked good Monday night. No, sorry, Sunday night against the Cowboys. But the Cowboys also looked really bad. The Saints, Michael Thomas looked great. If Kamara plays, I'm going to take the Saints. Kamara's great. Thomas is great. Jameis, I've always been a Jameis believer. Solid defense. I think they're going to take it out of the Bucks. Bucks are a good team. Uh, I don't think they're as good, in, not to say anything bad about Tom Brady, 
but I don't think he's the same Tom Brady who won that Super Bowl or the Patriots Super Bowls. He's still really good, but I just don't know if he's that same guy who can carry the team on his back. The defense isn't as great as it was uh, when they won that Super Bowl. I think the Saints will be able to carve up that defense, and then the Bucks are going to lose that game. Okay, I am taking the Bucks. And the Bucks are very interesting because the one thing we are not talking about the Bucks right now are the things that we always talk about with Tom Brady football teams, which is actually football. Everything around the Bucks right now is, you know, uh, Giselle being unhappy with Tom mm-hmm. and drama. And the Bucks right now, I think, you know, we've gotten a little tired about talking about the ageless Tom Brady, um, which I think is great. There's no Antonio Brown, no Gronk, mm-hmm. you know, no Bruce Arians, wild flamboyant head coach. <laughs> so the Buccaneers are just a vanilla team right now. They are just a... And I feel like they're going to be this under-the-radar team. Because even when we look at a guy like Julio Jones or Mike Evans, they weren't very flashy and vocal receivers. They always mm-hmm. were guys that got their numbers, but they weren't, you know, um, attention seekers, if you want to if you want to use that term, which might not be the best term to describe it, but they're, they're guys that are, are workmen that get their numbers and, and you know, and, and kind of have that Brady-like mentality of just go out there and win. So I could see the Bucks. You know, with not a lot of, you know, media hype around them right now, like they've had in a couple years or anything that follows the Brady Circus, I can see them slowly just stacking up wins. Um, so I'm going to pick I'm going to pick the Bucks. I They don't traditionally, as you mentioned, play well against the Saints. Um, but I think that this is a different Bucks team right now where there's a lot of other more compelling storylines and all the juice right now is in the AFC mm-hmm. that, you know, even when we look at the Dallas game last week, the talk after the game wasn't anything to do with the Bucks. It was all about how bad Dallas was. Dak's thumb. So there's really not a lot because I feel like, you know, we're just repeating the same things about the Bucks and Tom Brady. You know, wow, look at him doing it this age, yada, yada, yada. How many times can you say it? So I think that the Bucks will, you know, start grabbing some more headlines, you know, maybe a good, you know, three quarters into the season when they've been quietly taking care of business. And I think that that's the, the mode we're in right now is – quietly taking care of business um they got that win against dallas i think that they'll they'll go in and they'll keep it going against the saints um it won't be a a very a very flashy game i think it'll be you know probably a a very boring game to watch (laughs) to be honest with you but um i think that uh they're gonna go and they're gonna get the victory we have the carolina panthers coming up here to face the giants and the giants are giving two points it's interesting uh once again uh, real quarterback duel here, Sam Darnold versus Daniel Jones. Neither are very good quarterbacks. Really, it's a great running back matchup. I think I like the Giants' supporting cast, the offensive line, the weapons, and the defense a bit better, so I'm going to take the Giants. Okay. I'm with you on that, too. Um, I don't think either team is really that good. I think they're we're looking at two middle-of-the-pack teams. You know, not, not bottom feeders, but teams that'll, you know, that'll this is, this is kind of like that push game for them. They'll beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They'll lose to the teams they're supposed to lose to. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a t- this is a game where I see two teams that are probably evenly matched. Um, but I'm going to take the Giants at home. Um, I haven't seen enough from the Panthers to, to really have any faith in them. I mean, both teams, we can almost say the same things about. They have the opportunity to be explosive. They have wild card quarterbacks that can come out and, and for one game play lights out and look like the best quarterback in the league or just come out and play and have you scratching your head as to what they're thinking. Has they Sam both... Darnold ever looked like the best quarterback in the league? We got Baker. 
Oh, Baker. I was saying Sam Darnold. I don't know yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, we got I Baker. I mentioned Sam Darnold, yeah. Darnold earlier. Ooh, I do love Baker. I'm going to stick with the Giants, though. <laughs> yeah. So, Baker. We got Baker. Same, and it's the same running story with the running backs, right? Both can be incredibly talented and explosive and take over game running backs. Or they can both be in the, in the tent, you know, third mm. play of the game. So, they're almost, you know, they have explosive wide receivers, both teams. Um, I'm I'm going with the Giants, though, like you. I don't, I don't, I, I think this comes down to who's the home team. I think there'll be a lot of energy with the Giants being home now, home opener, new coach, especially he won huge. Coming off a win. And, and, a, and a super gutsy call going for the win, you know, with the, with the two-point conversion. I think his players are going to play hard for him. So, um, I'm, I'm with you on that one. We have, this is an interesting one. We have the Patriots going to Pittsburgh. The Patriots are giving two and a half. Interesting. Uh, this is I'm kind of torn here because I'm a Patriots fan, but nothing about this team really gets me psyched. The running backs are solid. Mac Jones is okay. Still, I don't like the weapons around him. Uh, the defense has got significantly worse, uh, and I just I think Najee Harris is going to be good to play. He, it's out that he's going to play this game. Hopefully, he's a bigger part of the offense. And I like Mitch Trubisky. I'm going to take the Steelers. Uh, would you be shocked if Sunday night when you get home and you look at the scores, if you don't watch this game live and you see this was a 6-3 game? No. Exactly. exactly. Or 9-6. Like, I, I have no – like, that would not shock me with this game. Um, it's, it's awesome. You have two coaching legends mm -hmm. going against each other, and then everything else is just, is just up in the air. Right now um, – I think Pittsburgh is in a little bit of a better place in New England. Uh, I think New England is going to get it right. Um, I'm not. It's it's tough to overreact. I mean, we talk about teams like the Chiefs, and you say, "What well, you can pick against the Chiefs until you finally see them get beat." It's like, are you going to pick against Belichick until you know before you finally see him just you know have one of those you know seasons where it's you know a complete waste and he's mm -hmm. out of it by you know by December. Um, I'm not, so I think that even if the Patriots lose this game, they're still going to get it right. They're still going to figure things out and be a, be a competitive AFC team. But um, at home, uh, I think Pittsburgh, like you mentioned, is in a little bit of a better place right now, so I'm going to take the Steelers. Even without DJ Bob. Exactly. Um, we have the Colts traveling to the Jags. Colts are giving four. Give me the Colts. Uh, not much need to say about this. I don't think the Jags are a good team. Uh Trayvon Walker did look good. He actually had an interception last game. Uh, he looked good. I don't really care. I'm taking the Colts. Jonathan Taylor is great. He had a great game. Uh, Matt Ryan makes the throws he needs to. He's always been a good, solid quarterback. Somehow we won an MVP once, which is kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah, I'm taking the Colts. This is going to be my upset special. I am no. going with Jags. No. I think the Jags. I think the Jags can do it. First off, the Jags play the Colts tough. The Jags were the team that knocked the Colts out of the playoffs last year. Mm -hmm. Playoff contention, not the actual playoffs. You're right about the Colts. The Colts are uh, in this mode right now where they just keep getting these quarterbacks that are on the, their last leg. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw it with Rivers. I mean, Wentz wasn't on his last leg, but you know, maybe a better term is retreads. You know, mm -hmm. or, or that kind of mode. Let's bring in a guy. That you know is is falling out of favor with his current team, and we're gonna you know we're gonna revitalize them. Um, the Texans hung in there with the Colts. 
Mm-hmm. And again, like you mentioned, I don't know we're getting with Matt Ryan yet. The Colts do have they have Pittman, and you have Taylor. Um, the another receiver I was high on with them, Pierce, looked terrible. He had two drops in that game and then got banged up. Um, I think the Jags, you know, they're they like I said, if ETN caught that ball in the end zone, you know, it's a, it's a different game. I think it's a couple plays here or there. Um, I think Lawrence did not play great at all in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he can rebound and, and play a good game. I, I It's one of those things. I wouldn't be shocked if the Jags won. So I'm going to take a shot here, and uh, I am going to go with the Jags over the Colts. Our fearless producer, who I'm like 99% sure is playing apps on her phone, is taking, <laughs> is taking down all of our information so that next time what we can do is we can actually keep track of our our picks and we can see who is going to be the person to uh you know win out on some of these yeah. next we have the dolphins traveling to baltimore the ravens are giving three and a half i'm gonna keep it short and sweet we talked about the dolphins a lot the ravens are the better team i don't know if there's there's probably only one or two positions on the field where the dolphins are better than the ravens one of them is receiver but I'm going to take the Ravens. I don't think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to keep it short, too. I, As much as it hurts me to pick against the t- my team, I am going to say the Ravens. Uh, Dolphins upset the Ravens last year. And I don't think the Ravens forgot about that. That was you know, that was a, a point when the Dolphins were able to start turning their season around. That was a pivotal game for them. Um, but I think that the, the Ravens are playing you know, with something to prove right now, especially Lamar, who's playing for a contract. So every game, you know, every game matters. I don't think they're getting the respect in that division right now that they probably feel they've earned, um, you know, given their, their tenure in it. I think right now it's still the Bengals. And, you know, everybody came out week one and was talking about the Steelers now. And the Ravens are kind of just this team that's just methodically going about their business, almost like we were talking about the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but they showed some, some real firepower against the Jets last week. And I do. I think that there's a lot of hype around Miami right now. Um I think that that's going to come down some. Uh, I don't think that that this massive three-headed running attack we heard about is there. It, it's mm-hmm. basically Chase Edmonds' team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, I think that the Ravens are going to be more competitive than the Patriots were, and it, they're going to force Tua to make more plays, mm-hmm. and we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going Baltimore. We have the Falcons – Traveling out to the Rams. The Rams are giving 11 in this. I'm going to talk about the Falcons a bit. Uh, they got Kyle Pitts. Did not have a good game, but Kyle Pitts is a great tight end. It's very possible at the end of his career he's the best tight end of all time. Just because he can go head toe-to-toe with any receiver in the league and he's a tight end. Uh, they got Drake London. Uh, almost just a Calvin Ridley, but he is definitely not playing. Uh, Patterson, but... This team just doesn't compare to the Rams. The Rams did lose week one. They didn't look great. Their best corner in the league got burnt. Aaron Donald was non-existent, but he has a lot of games just because how many people they the other team puts on him. Matt Stafford looked terrible. Everyone looked not great except for Cooper Cup. Uh, but I think this will be a nice bounce-back game. Even if Matt Stafford makes a few mistakes, I think they'll have uh, a pretty safe lead here. Like you said, I'm going to go yada, yada, yada. Rams. Can't lose defending Super Bowl champions. Your first two at home. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll give you a pass on the Bills. They came out with something to prove. But you can't lose to the Falcons at home and in, in, in this situation. If you do, 
you know, it is going to be a five alarm fire first thing Monday morning, you know, on all the sports talk, you know, radio out there. So not sure how they're going to get it done, but they, I do not see them losing this game to the Falcons. And if they do, then the Rams are definitely not the team that we thought they were, Mm -hmm. you know, coming into the season. We have the Seahawks traveling to the Niners. The Niners are giving nine in this. Shockingly, I didn't realize that the spread was going to be that wide. The Niners are giving nine. Uh, an interesting thing is I think it is supposed to be poor weather once again for the Niners game. And while they didn't deal good with the last time, I'll take the Niners. I believe in Trey Lance. He can get down on the ground and in the air. If the weather is poor, uh, even without Elijah Mitchell, just that offensive line and Jeff Wilson Jr. is really good. I'll, I'll believe in their running game and Trey Lance to make the plays it needs to. Really good defense. Geno Smith, I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout. Geno Smith's going to do his thing where he goes out and has a very solid game. But I think uh, the Niners take this one. Okay. I'm not sure. This doesn't feel as big of an upset pick for me as picking the Jags over the Colts. But I'm going to actually go with the Seahawks on this one. Um, uh, you can see it going either way. But I just uh, right now, I feel like the Niners might be a team in, in transition. Um, I think we might look back later in the season at these early games and and see the progression and see they were figuring things out um, at that point in time. But um, Seattle right now is a team that seems to be playing with a chip on its shoulder. Um, it seems to have a quarterback that can that can step in and, and at least keep that offense moving, um, you know, like it did, and, and keep all its its weapons, um, you know, active in in the offense and put some points on the board. Um, and especially with getting uh, Walker back, you know, well not I mean he hasn't played with them for them before outside of you know preseason. So, you know, having him in there now as well, um, it's like getting another weapon. So I'd be interested to see what he does as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the Seahawks. I think it's a close game, but I could see them beating the Niners. Um, we have the Bengals traveling to Dallas. The Bengals giving seven and a half. Dallas going into this season, I, I thought they would be a good team. I didn't think they were going to the division, but especially with Dak down. Micah Parsons is good. Trayvon Diggs can be good. Zeke, eh. Overall, C.D. Lamb looked terrible. That team, at least until Dak comes back, unless they bring in someone like Jimmy Garoppolo, they're just going to be bad. Cooper Rush is not good. I mean, you never know. It could be Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady-esque. He comes in as the backup and lights uh, the league on fire, but I don't, I don't think so. He's already played games last year, and he didn't look great. I'll take the Bengals, who also had a shaky game, but still almost won. I don't think McCarthy's going to finish the season. I I, I, I just don't. Um, Dallas looked terrible. Absolutely mm-hmm. terrible. Um, I have CeeDee Lamb, and he got zero separation in that game. Two receptions on 11 targets. Um, and the Bengals, even though Burrow's stat line was really bad, you watch that guy play. That guy, he's just, you know, no other way to say it. He's just a dog. Like, mm-hmm. he just goes out there and plays, and that offense moves. And Jamar the Chase ball. was insane. Right. So I, I think that Joe Burrow is something special. I think the Bengals coming off that game left a bad taste in their mouth. I think they come down to Dallas with something to prove. Um, and again, I, I think that, you know, we're going to see what Mike McCarthy's made of. But I, I expect the, you know, the Cowboys to, to start off um, 0 2. We have the Texans traveling to the Broncos. The Broncos giving 10. Neither team, uh, well, both teams did solid. 
Oh, both are 0 and 1 though, I believe. Yeah. And uh. Well, oh, oh. Oh. Neither of them have won. Yes. There you go. Winless. Pretty, uh, pretty <laughs> much the same thing. Winless. Give me the Broncos. Russell Wilson. The let Russ cook offense has never worked and never will work. I think they lean a bit more on the running game, and uh, I think they come out with the win. Uh, I'm with you on that. I think the Texans just, you know, I think Davis Mills is, is going to be a, a good quarterback in this league. Whether or not he's going to be a franchise guy, um, I don't know, but but I think he's going to be a good quarterback. Um, but the Texans, I don't know if they really have an identity on offense. Rex Burkhead is not going to be your guy, so you have to figure out something for Damian Pierce mm-hmm. and how to get him involved in the offense. Um, Nico Collins... But I think the Broncos have too much firepower um, right now. I think that they're coming off, you know, a, a very disappointing loss with a coach, you know, admitted some some very serious, you know, clock management. They prior to that game, they were on some goodwill tour. It seemed, you know, out there, Russ and him mm-hmm. joking, and everybody's lovey lovey and you know, feel good story. And the Broncos are gonna, you know, Russ is gonna ride into town, and the Broncos are gonna be the, you know, in the Super Bowl, and you know. They didn't do anything to prove that. They were a mediocre yeah. team last year, and Russ was a mediocre quarterback last year. So you're taking mediocre and putting it on mediocre. That you know that that's what you produced, but you know it doesn't mean they don't have potential. So I do see them, you know, coming out and understanding that you know what, like they have some egg on their face from week one, and maybe playing with a little bit of chippiness in this game. The defense, I think, starts to get it right, and I do think that they're they're going to beat. Houston as well. We have the Cardinals traveling to Vegas with Vegas giving five and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the Raiders. Uh, Devontae Adams looked good in his debut. Derek Carr at this point, hit, uh, watching Kyler Murray, Derek Carr is just as good or better than Kyler Murray. Maybe with DeAndre Hopkins, this would be a different game. We all know J.J. Watt's not going to play. I think the Raiders have the better defense. I think they have the better offense. I'll take the Raiders. What's crazy about the Cardinals, man, is the Cardinals, the last couple of years, they would have come out and beaten the Chiefs, and then they would come out and they'd win these next five or six. They'd just steamroll these, and then they'd start losing mm-hmm. and not make the playoffs. So for the Cardinals to come out and just get embarrassed, like they did, I mean, the Chiefs could have put up five or six more touchdowns if they wanted, if they, they wanted to. They clearly called the dogs off, like, if, mm-hmm. if, you know, when, if you watched that game. Um, I think Vegas is a solid team. They're, they, they, they're, they're solid from top to bottom. They, they have... They have very great, uh, very great. They have they have very skilled playmakers. Um, I think Derek Carr is a solid NFL quarterback, and I think they have a good head coach. Mm-hmm. So and they're playing at home against Cardinals. So it'll be very interesting to see. Um, you know, I, the Cardinals could be one of these teams that just completely implodes, and next year this time it's a, it's a whole different team mm-hmm. than than what we're looking at right now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Would you be shocked if, if all not. of a sudden the Cardinals they just blew the Cardinals up? I mean, but they've already paid Kyler. I find it very interesting that Kyler got his contract like without that much struggle just they gave Kyler the contract put in a clause Kyler had them take it out they took it out and Lamar Jackson who in his NFL career has been much better than Kyler Murray so far uh he he hasn't been getting the contract he did get offered a big contract he rejected it yeah he's betting on himself yeah I like that um yeah I'm with you Raiders all the way we have the Sunday night game Bears at Green Bay. This game would have been a whole lot cooler, man, if it was in, like, December with some snow coming down or something. Um, but you know what? It's 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 a good one to have now, and, you know, we don't need to get into all the intriguing, you know, storylines. Green Bay getting embarrassed week one. Are they the same Packers? You know, Chicago. But we have the Packers in this game giving 10. What I'm going to do is <coughs> I'm thinking about Aaron Rodgers. 
and obviously in that game, like one of the first plays of the game, he had an easy touchdown. Christian Watson, great throw. I could have caught that ball. It was right off his hands. I might not have caught it, but it, I think you would. I, 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 I might not. I wouldn't have ran it to the house, but I probably might have caught it. <laughs> uh, and then after that, Aaron Rodgers just kind of seemed out of it, and it just wasn't really a game. Justin Jefferson was just toasting their defense. But what I saw in the second half, they put Jair Alexander, who I don't think he played last year. He was hurt. Uh, he put on, got put on Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson get, went into the half with 150 yards. He ended the game with like 180. So obviously he wasn't like shut down, but Jair contained him to an extent. I think Jair is a good corner, and I'm going to bet on Aaron Rodgers because he owns the Bears. I don't know if the Bears are ever going to beat Aaron Rodgers. It's He's going to celebrate all over them. I, I have the Packers. Yeah. This is one of those yada, yada, yada Packers moments for me as well. It's like, you know, until until you see something out of character happen to the Packers, I'm going to pick the Packers in games like this. We've seen the Packers come out like they did last year and get embarrassed in week one, play terrible, you know, be show there's a lot of rust, and then knock knock it off and, and hit week two, and all of a sudden they look like a whole different team. They look like a Super Bowl contender until they get to the playoffs where they lose, <laughs> as they always do. Um, but I am no need to even expand upon it until I see it happen. Um, the Packers win that game and that takes us to our final game, which uh, kind of makes you wince a little bit when I'm sure it looked good on paper a couple months ago, but we have the Monday night game. Oh, we have double Monday nights, right? Yeah, there's this year. two Monday. We have, nights. um, the Titans and the Bills. Uh, I'm a pull one from your book. Yada, yada, yada Bills. Yeah. Uh, Derrick Henry didn't look very good, and that overall offense just looked kind of terrible. The defense isn't going to stop the Bills. It's, it very possibly could be like 45 nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, I think what the Titans need to do is they got to pull a Bill Belichick and just slow down the game. Give the Bills like three total possessions and just slowly run it down their throats and uh, contain the offense to an extent. I still don't think they'd win, though. I, I got the Bills. Right. The Bills, to me, are like Clubber Lang and Rocky Three, man. They're just going to be destroying everything in their path, waiting for that match against the champs. Mm-hmm. Not Super Bowl champs, but we know who they're waiting on. Mm-hmm. They're waiting on whoever they're going to see in the AFC Championship, which I I think if they could draw it the way they want, they'd want the Chiefs mm-hmm. there and and you know get their get their revenge but um i think that this is just going to be an absolute like you an absolute beatdown. um i i love you know mike Vrabel. um i'm a titan fan i like the way that they they kind of play uh, you know they, they but i just think that this is one of those years for them where they're going to need to go into this year and and begin to reload yeah. um because i don't think that they have the horses right now especially to keep up with the bills um all right and then our final game is going to be the vikings Coming to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. The Eagles are giving two in this game. Uh, this is a really good game. Probably going into this uh, year, you, the Titans-Bills was supposed to be the better game. But Vikings-Eagles, two well-matched teams. You look at the Eagles, their offense is pretty much relying around Jalen Hurts. Then Kirk Cousins is really good. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to bet on Justin Jefferson. I think, and Dalmico, they have a really good offense, good weapons. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. Uh, and I think the Eagles, it might be a shootout. It might be, and I'm going to take the team with the better weapons. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Philly. I think it's home. Um, I think that right now, a lot of teams, um, you have a lot of analysts 
uh, and predictions about Philly making being able to make a deep playoff run this year with the weapons and everything else, like you mentioned. And there's a lot of hype around the Vikings. Um, in this situation, I probably trust Kirk Cousins more consistently as a passer, just mm-hmm. a pure passer. But I think that in pressure situations with the game on the line, Jalen Hurts has the ability to make some plays with his feet that perhaps um, you know Cousins won't be able to do. And in that in that case, um, at home as well, uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles in this one. <laughs> so I feel like we got uh, we got our first round of of picks in the books. Um, I don't know uh, if I really spent a lot of time whining this this program. I'm sure my nemesis will inform me. Um, however, we do have to say, um, for as much as I troll our producer, that she has taken over one of my fantasy teams and has managed to guide that team into third place with a with a fantastic 1-0 start and a much stronger roster yeah. than than my team. Probably so, scored over 60 points. It absolutely <laughs> did. It was it was a, it was a solid outing for Lizzie Boo 77's team of fire. That's what it was for for there. So hand, hats off to our to our producer, who you know must have soaked up some of our great advice, in between playing apps and you know walking out of the room and leaving us to figure out things on our own, unmanned. But you know what, she's back and she's a fantasy force to be reckoned with. So kudos. Maybe we'll get her in on the picks next time too. All right. So that's our show for today. Hopefully next time we see each other, we will uh, both be in the fantasy win column. Hopefully. And uh, we will sort out who was the master of our picks. All right, everybody. Till then, stay cool.